what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paranormal Activities with your host, Ben Axe. We have an awesome guest lined up for you here today in just a few minutes. Miss Cynthia Sear from the True Hauntings and Scary Stories podcast will be joining not just me, but also my lovely wife, Danae, to talk about her experiences from a house that she visited quite a bit as a child, along with uh, more present-day stories as well. Great guest, great podcast that she does, and can't wait to have her on here in just a few minutes. But before that... It is the Paranormal Activity of the Week. And yes, I do have one this week. And uh, it's kind of a repetitive one from one in the past. But let's get right into it. So, last week, there were three nights in a row where I slept on the couch in the living room. Not because Danae and I were fighting, but because apparently I snore in my sleep, and she had had it for those three days. <laughs> and so, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, she kept waking me up over and over and over again. I was like, you know what? I'm going downstairs. I'm going to sleep on the couch because I'm tired of getting woken up, and she's tired of getting woken up. So, I went down there. First night, I had no issues. Slept pretty much all night. And then the second night that I went down there, which I believe was either Thursday or Friday, I went down there. And I woke up in the middle of the night, probably right around 3 a.m. And like the way my living room is set up is my living room to the right of my living room is the dining room slash kitchen. It's like one big open space kitchen and dining room. And I'm just laying on my couch. I wake up in the middle of the night. TV's on. Uh, But, you know, pretty low. The light, I have the light dimmed. I have the volume pretty low. And as I'm laying there, I hear my kitchen sink just kick on like I just hear the faucet, you know, draining water out of the faucet. Like somebody just hit the nozzle and it was pouring out. And I stared at it for a couple of seconds. I'm like, what? I'm not getting up. Like, there's no way. And then a few seconds later, it just turns off. Like, well, son of a bitch. And uh, one time that has happened in the past when Danae and I were actually playing a game at the bar in the in the kitchen. We were playing, I think Danae mentioned it was Clue. And... Uh, we watched it physically turn on. We were sitting there. I think this was a, a, a prior episode as well. But yeah, we were just sitting there, and it kicked on. We saw the handle move. We saw the water pour out. As we were staring at it, it turned off. And as I'm laying there at 3 a.m. the other night, I heard the exact same thing. Granted, I didn't see the water actually coming out as um, I, mean, I was laying on my couch. But I definitely heard it, and I even thought, well, maybe... You know, maybe it's the toilet. You know, sometimes in your 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 water, I'm, I'm not sure the, the technical terms here, I'm not a plumber, but you hear the toilet run, that water run, then it goes off and then it runs. So I thought maybe it was that. So I actually kind of stayed awake for a while and I waited and I actually heard that happen in the bathroom. Very different sound, very distinctually different. So definitely wasn't the toilet making noises. It was definitely the water turning on at the kitchen sink. Um, so yeah, that is my paranormal activity of the week. Nothing too super exciting. You know, I didn't see an actual ghost, but I mean, whose sinks just turned themselves on and off. This is the second time that's happened in this house now. Um, and it's been about a year apart. So very, very exciting stuff. All right, guys, well, let's just get on to it here. I mentioned that we have a very special guest, Cynthia Sear, along with my wife, Danae, joining us for the rest of this episode. So let's get right into it. Uh, Miss Cynthia Sear from the True Hauntings and Scary Stories podcast. How's it going today? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for, for, for coming on. I was on your show uh, before and it was an awesome time mm-hmm. and I'm excited to continue that conversation right here on this show. All right. So before we get rolling here, why don't you just tell us about like, you know, your show, True Hauntings and Scary Stories and kind of your background in the whole paranormal side of things. Sure. Um, True Hauntings and Scary Stories is my podcast. Um, TrueHauntings.com is my blog. And then I've got my little Facebook group where we um, just share silly memes and talk. And yeah, that's that's kind of what I do. Um, Gosh, paranormal background. Uh, The beginning. Like, (laughs) that's how it is for me. My grandparents have had a wicked haunted house. And I practically grew up there. So when I got into school and other kids didn't have grandparents with haunted houses, I was like, what do you mean? Like, every mom's house is haunted. What are you talking about? I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I get that. I'm mean, the same way. My house growing up was, you know, haunted. I would always hear footsteps and that kind of stuff. And, and nobody understood that. I, I get it completely. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I- I grew up as at least one story of their own about something that's happened in the house. So 
That's awesome. So, you know, yeah. why don't you just tell us about that house? So, like, what kind of house was it? Like, you know, like how many stories and that kind of stuff? And just like sure. talk about, you know, some of those stories from, from that home. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have got some. So, it all started back in, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in 1910. <laughs> no, further. So, my grandparents' house is in St. Augustine, Florida, which is kind of known as a very haunted town anyway. Um, that town was founded in 1565. So very old town. So their house was built in 1876 and it is a three story Gothic Victorian mansion kind of a house. It's huge. And um, they bought it a few years maybe before I was born and then um, started moving in right about the time I was, I was a thing. And uh, they bought it condemned, so they had to really fix it up. So it took a few years to get fully moved in and everything. But yeah, so my very beginning memories are that. And the story of the house is amazing. Like you, this is straight up um, scary movie storyline stuff. So here's the thing. The people that lived in the family before my grandparents, they were ex-carnival workers. Um, some of them performed, I think the, the lady of the house, let's call her, she played the baritone and she was a seamstress. So she would make costumes and stuff. So they kind of retired in this home and he would make big ball gowns and stuff for like the rich people in, um, in St. Augustine at the time there was Flagler hotel and then there was a lot of people there. So that was what she did to kind of make ends meet. But their family was very reclusive. They did not prefer to leave the house ever. They had their groceries delivered. They um, homeschooled their children, from what I understand. Nice. It's boy and a girl. It was her second husband. So the kids were half siblings. So because she would never let the kids leave the house, boy and girl... When they got to be older teenagers, they. Oh, no. Yes, they were very close siblings. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And the daughter actually became pregnant by her half brother. So the lady of the house was furious and she like snuck the daughter off and and when the baby came she brought the little boy back and raised him as her own told everyone it was her baby and it, that was believed so she raised that baby and that was fine well guess what they did not learn when that little boy became a teenager you will not believe what happened what happened he was with his mother the, uh, the daughter and he got her pregnant. So she got pregnant again, but this time by her son who she had with her half brother. All right. Now, so our son nephew is yeah. a yay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it comes to the, uh, the, so, the line wait, here. So have you yeah. read flowers in the attic? Cause this feels girl. Weird. I have. Let okay. me tell you a little secret. Okay. Yeah. My nanny actually wrote a bully that lived in the house before her. It's the only book she ever wrote. And I can't tell you the name of it. And I can't tell you um, details. Your nanny wrote a book? Yes, my nanny did. My nanny wrote songs. That's really cool. Sorry. Nice. Like (laughs) off of that, my nanny wrote too, but music. That's so cool. Nice. So she did, but I can't tell you details of the book because she, it, I will tell you it published the year I was in. And she included her actual address in the book. So all you would have to do is Google search the name of the book and her name, and you would immediately know where her house is. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but that's really cool. That's so, yeah. Well, I tell you that because she, her book published almost a year before flowers and published because people have accused her of, copying that storyline idea, but her book published almost a full year, like 11 months before that book did. That is crazy. Wow. That is crazy. That is so, crazy. That's really if anybody neat. copied anyone, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, right. that's what they do. <laughs> writers, they like, you know, yeah. I mean, James Patterson is not writing his own book. 
Unless he owns a thesaurus and he's just copying and pasting. He wrote one book and then he's got a thesaurus. So, and he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thesaurus. Yeah. So people are going out there and they're finding these like local people. I could see that. Yeah. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. yeah. But good for, good for you. So anyway, so, with the mom, sorry, yeah. son, I don't even know. Yeah. Weird family thing going on. Okay. So. Daughter got pregnant again, this time by her own son, whom she had with her half-brother. So her nephew. Um, it's like Jerry Springer. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep, deep issues. So lady of the house. And the reason why I call her that I don't even use their names is because my nanny had their names in her book. And if I say these things, you will be able to figure it out. So I'm trying to protect. It's a private residence. And, yes. you know. I like that you're doing that though, because like Lady of that's a that's official enough for yeah. us to be able to follow yeah, right. whose names it's like will gothic lose track. home kind of feel. Yeah, sure. Right. And she has to know what she does. From what I understand, she carried herself that way. Like she was the lady of the house. And uh she ruled with an iron fist kind of situation, all that kind of stuff. So she was furious. This time the daughter, she hid the daughter and n- told no one. And the daughter had the baby in secret. Um, without assistance and all that stuff, she survived it, right? So baby comes, it's another little boy, but this little boy, because of the level of family ties, uh, he is mentally handicapped and he is a little deformed. Like he just didn't quite look right. His facial features were not quite right and stuff. So lady of the house basically hates him because of, he's there you know so she keeps him on the third floor and she tells the kids you guys take care of him he's your problem i want nothing to do with him so she won't hold him or anything he's like the family secret on the third floor of the house so that goes on for a few years the little boy because he's mentally handicapped and he's getting the proper instruction and stuff from from the kid, the people taking care of him, he starts to act out. He's, his behavior is a bit of an issue. And the lady of the house has um, clients over for fitting stuff. So one night she's got a client there doing a fitting and the woman like notices the, the tantrum that this little boy is having that night. And so the lady of the house has to kind of explain it away or whatever. And she's furious. So when her client leaves, she storms up to the third floor, locks it up, and will not let her kids go up to tend to him anymore. And he starves to death up there. That's really now, sad. Now, to yeah. clarify, this, this person that also starved to death was was his own uncle and grandchild. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure, like, how, so, you know, <laughs> you'd have to write yeah. a map. But, and he was only about five or six, we think, when that right. happened. So That's he was young. Yeah, he I, he probably did not understand what was happening. Probably just all of a sudden the people that tended to him just stopped coming and he couldn't get out. And so yeah. like my grandparents think this story they bought the house. It was condemned. The family had died off. They had known the last family member before he passed and he told them stories. And then when they bought the house, everything was still in it. Journals, diaries, photo, family photos clothing, everything. They, they died off. So they took all their stuff. So they kind of pieced it all together based on what the end, the stuff they found, what the neighbors told them, because the neighbors that lived across the street had lived there for years and years and years and knew about the family. They told them stories of seeing a little boy in the windows, like, you know, making a ruckus or whatever. There were rumors that he would people from the third floor window. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they walk past the house. <laughs> it's kind of like so, Jack in the movie Jack when you see Robin Williams like looking out at the people yeah. and like messing with them. That's that reminds me. Yeah. Of so what happened next was um, she still didn't unlock the third floor until the smell became an issue. I was going to. So ask then, yeah. Then she unlocked the door. Well, no one knew he existed, so she allowed her kids to bury him in secret in the backyard. And that is where we believe he still is. As it unmarked, I would imagine. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Unmarked in so, that like, it's a field of grass, or is there like flowers or like a garden bed or a tree or bush or something? 
I don't know exactly because I don't know, like, I, I can't say that we know the location of it per se, but the rumor that it's in like a section of that yard where there isn't anything really. My grandparents built some gardens in the yard, but they didn't build them over top of that, you know, for obvious reasons. (laughs) But yeah, so they buried him and that's where he still is, I think. That's quite a history of a home. Yeah. Yeah. So like you were there a lot as a kid and you had things happen? Like you, oh yeah. You so were they things that you heard or saw or felt? Like what was your experience? Yes, yes to all that. So, um, yes. first of all, I should say that I am really sensitive to that stuff. Whether it was because I grew up around it so much, how I was going to be, I don't know. But right. I always joke that if you want to know if your house is haunted, just invite me over. I do that, know. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. I knew you two would get along. Yeah. So then, okay. so follow up question then is so what? How old were you in your earliest memory, and what was it where you felt that other? You know what I mean. Sure. So, um, I think my earliest memory would be when I was like five or six, maybe I'm okay. guessing, and. Um, my parents' house, as I said, it's really big, and the living room is very large. It spans almost the whole length and width of the house. Sure. Um, and welcoming area. And the, yeah. So they have a really big grand stairway. So there's two little stairways that come up the sides, and then they go up to a platform in the middle of the room, and then there's a big one big stairway that goes up to the second floor. So it's very grand, and. When they first moved into the house, the second and third floor weren't finished yet, like refurbishing. So my grandpa built this wooden platform over the the top, um, almost like a, a makeshift root, uh, ceiling so that us little kids couldn't go up to the second floor because it wasn't safe. Okay. So my memory is that we used to play hide and seek there all the time. And um, little six-year-old me uh, would climb up that top stair, right? uh, Sandwiched in between that wood um, flooring thing and the step. And I would giggle and, oh, nobody will find me here or whatever. (laughs) So one night, one day I was there in my little spot giggling. And I remember distinctly suddenly thinking there's somebody there on the other side of the wood. And I could feel a cool breeze coming between the crack where the wood was and and the second floor. And I didn't know anything about ghosts or anything. So I just remember trying to look through the crack to see who it was because I was convinced that there was someone there. Yeah. And that space being occupied. Yeah. Yeah. And then the cool zero sense, because let me tell you, their house is old and there is no central heat and air, or at (laughs) least there wasn't until just maybe 10 years ago. And it's broken right now anyway, because it's a big house. How are you going to central heat and air that house? You're really not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that there's no logical reason. I mean, the higher up you go in the house, the hotter it gets. So the idea that there was coolness coming from there is, makes no sense. That's probably my first memory. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. But, you know, then my older cousins, I'm one of the youngest cousins. I think there's only two younger than me, my sister and my other cousin. So um, my cousin started telling me stories and, you know, about the ghost or whatever. Then I, you know. But yeah, playing hide and seek in that house was really fun because there's so many nooks and crannies, but you need to have like some guts because you'll be hiding somewhere and all the, you'll just know you're, you're not alone. You can feel it settle on you like a change in the atmosphere. Yeah. Yes. And so, so then my next question is, cause I think, I think you're. There's like, I, I think you're, there's more that you don't realize you remember. Um, do you ever like see things out of the corner of your eyes and you think they're like a solid object and then you turn and there's nothing there, but like mm-hmm. out, you could have sworn and you could have even felt the air. You could have smelled it even, but then you turn and then it's empty. Oh yeah. 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 Did that happen a lot in that house? Well, to be fair, that happens a lot to me all the time, but yes, (laughs) in the house too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the house one time in particular, I think I've seen this twice in there. 
but this one time I was um, 19 and I was staying with my grandparents just long enough for our apartment to be finished because my grandparents owned apartment buildings all on that street and we were going to rent from them when we first got married. And so I was there, I was watching a, a movie on TV in, in my bedroom and not thinking about ghosts or anything at all, just totally absorbed in a comedy movie I was watching. And all of a sudden that feeling hit me and I looked up from the TV and there was a perfect oval shape floating in the middle of the sitting room that's attached to my, and it looked like um, when the road is hot and it's a mirage, it's like shimmery mirage. It looked like that, but in the shape of an oval floating in the middle of the room. So then uh, next question I have, sorry, no, <laughs> I know fine. this is your podcast. So the next question um, is like, when that happens to you, is it a family member or a friend that you hear or see who's trying to talk to you? Well, like now or back then? I, it, at any Cause, point. Because sometimes I think like it could be the same person or and it could be the same person I, to get you comfortable or introduce. I always, yeah, I always th- kind of thought that that little boy um, had some kind of connection to me because I never saw him specifically, but I felt things with me all the time. And for a while, I think it followed me home. I would have stuff happen in my bedroom at my house apart like- from theirs. Such as like what would you uh, do? lights flickering? My dad was an electrician. There's no reason why lights should have flickered. He was on <laughs> that stuff. Sure. So, like lights flickering. Um, one time I heard a woman singing in my bedroom randomly. Yeah. What is that? What? Yeah. No, no, we need to pause right there. What is, <laughs> is it? Opera? Is it she's singing with a piano? What is that? No. Let's talk about that. It was singing very softly, like a calming melody, like a. Almost a lullaby mm-hmm. kind of sound That's the one from that house too. I bet, like to soothe. Well, I'm sure. Soothe. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be the little. Maybe boy. it was the daughter. Maybe yes. it was the daughter because I can't imagine. I mean, the lady of the house was musically talented, but I can't imagine her being very soothing, or no. calming, or anything. She didn't have that energy about her. I don't think. But sure. if you went to their rooms and played comfortably and naturally, right in a mm-hmm. relaxed state, then they think, oh, friend. And then, you know, yeah, and, and they're just watching and interacting. Do, yeah. do we know what happened to the girl who had the baby? And you mentioned, you mentioned that she, she went away. She ended up dying of illness in the house oh, years sure. later. So gotcha. maybe she could have been interacting too, you know, like. There's several a- people that have died in the house of natural causes, several yeah. family members. But that little boy was, we think he was murdered. I gotcha. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> yeah. How many people uh, do we do we think died in the house? Like roughly? I think I was told that you can actually verify with newspapers, uh, like obituary or whatever, um, three people. Okay. Oh. Officially, but there may have been more. It might be more like five or six. I don't I know. No, yeah, because three doesn't sound right. Is that boy <laughs> yeah. official? Is he part of that three or is he? Honest? No. No, he he does not have any birth record or anything. He's he's not yep. a person, right? He's yeah. Real. Do you know they what? Nev- they never even named him. I don't call him the boy to hide his name. I call him the boy because that's what they called him. He didn't have that's a nickname. Really, that's really sad. At all, the boy. Boy, the boy was his nickname. Oh, that bums me old out. Would he have been like seven? I think he was. We've always thought maybe five or six ish, but it could have been seven. He was young. He was That's below for sure. When was your last night in that house that you slept overnight? That you slept overnight? Uh, the last time I slept there would have been right before I moved to Ohio ish. So maybe like between 2010 and 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept there with my sister and my cousin, who's a year younger than me. And we slept there on Halloween night and we tried to like contact the spirits. We went up to that room on the third floor and like tried to, (laughs) tried to talk to them. I don't know what we were doing. Did that work? Did you like use a Ouija board or how did you talk? No, no. 
I we, we just spoke and we had a recorder there, but it was a tape, like a cassette retor- recorder oh, nice. that we had. <laughs> and so just because we didn't like plan it out. So we weren't unprepared, but uh, we didn't really catch anything per se, but it was spooky. I mean, that sounds scary. In there, Yeah. No one's ever slept on the third floor in our family. No one ever. It's just that every I'm a, most nights when I spent the night there as a kid, you could hear footsteps on the third floor that sounded like a grown man in combat boots just walking just from one end of the third floor to the other and back and forth and back and forth. That sounds like a pretty scary house. I got to say, <laughs> I kind of, I get. think it's fascinating. Right. I just love it. I tried to buy it, but I couldn't work it out. Ah. But, yeah. Cause my nanny passed in January of 2021. She, uh-huh. she just passed a little over a year ago. So you know. to hear that. yeah, she was 94 and um, you know, she, she had a very good life. I'm pieces, but you know, sure. she's with me. My grandpa's <laughs> visited my dreams a couple times. How, like, how does that go? Like, what does that mean? Um, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like I didn't ask for that or anything, but he passed in 2012. And, um, the first one was really weird. So I dreamed that I was in their house and I was standing in their kitchen. They have a tiny kitchen. These old houses, their kitchens were made for cooking purposes only. (laughs) Like there's no seating (laughs) there. It's like a stove and some counter space and that's it. So I was standing in their little kitchen and I looked away and grandpa was standing in the doorway and I said, grandpa. And I ran up to him and gave him a big hug and he was cold, like ice cold. And I kind of jumped back and said, oh, you're, you're so cold. But in the dream, I knew he was passed in the dream. Somehow I knew that he was not living. So I just said, oh, you're so cold. And he didn't smile or frown or anything. He just kind of turned and walked out the back, the back door right beside there. So I followed him because in the dream, I thought this is weird. So I just, I followed. And when I walked out the door, grandpa was gone, but my mom was standing in the middle of the driveway, just standing there again, no frown, no, no smile, just there. So I walked up to her and I said, mom, what are you doing here? And she didn't respond or even really acknowledge me much. And then I turned back toward the house and now grandpa was standing there again. But this time he had a pencil and he was writing the number 74, 74, on top of itself over and over again. And then I woke up and I woke up immediately knowing that that 74 frame and I did not know what like hours, days, weeks, I don't know what it was, but I just knew it was a time frame. Like it wasn't a good feeling, you know? So I didn't tell a lot of people and cause I felt silly and everybody always accused me of, you know, making things up and all that because I've seen this stuff so long. I, I'm a very open person. So I would tell people and they'd be like, you know, um, I didn't tell a whole lot of people. So as I counted 74 hours, and nothing happened at that point. So I was like, okay, well, good. I'm not dead. So that's good. <laughs> so then I counted out 74 days. And as this got closer, about a week before it was going to be that day, I called my mom and I said, mom, listen, I had this dream a while back and I told her about it. And I said, so maybe just don't go like skydiving that day or something like just, just stay home that day case. And we laughed about it and that was it. And then uh, my granny, my mom's mom had been sick. She had not been feeling well. And then my mom called me a few days later and she said, Cindy, that day that you said is the day that she's supposed to possibly hear test results back about whether she might have cancer or not. And I was like, ugh change the date. Like, I I don't know what to do. And so sure enough, on that 74th day, she found out she had stage four lung cancer. She was diagnosed with it that day. And then about a year later, she passed from it. Oh, man. So that you're in the dream. He was telling you in 74 Mm -hmm. days, things are going to change forever. 
Yeah, I think he was warning me that something big was about to happen that I was going to have to deal with that, you know. Sure. Uh, So and he was my grandpa's on my dad's side. So he was not my granny's like husband. That was my nanny's husband. Nanny was still living at the time. So, yeah, that that happened. And then the second one was a little harder to interpret. I really didn't understand what that one meant for quite a while. This one, uh, I was dreaming and I was in kind of, it was, it felt stormy, like blackness and, and chaotic a little. And Pa would like appear over here and then he'd disappear and appear over here. And, and I kept asking him for some reason, I kept asking him, is my husband okay? Is my husband okay? Is my husband going to die? I kept asking him those things. I don't know why my husband at the time was in his 30, late 30s and, you know, fine. There's why would I even wonder that? But that's what was a dream. And he kept disappearing like he didn't want to tell me, like he kept trying to avoid it. And then finally, I saw my hand getting squished, like almost like a car accident, but not in a car like in a container or something like he was just being squished and, Mm. and crumpled. And I interpreted that as a car accident at the time. And I thought, Oh no, like don't drive anywhere. I'll, I'll drive, (laughs) you know, but, (laughs) but then, um, Oh gosh, how long was it? Maybe, maybe a year later, six months to a year later, my husband who at the time was just about to nine had a stroke out of nowhere. And um, at first the doctors thought it was a fluke. You know, how, why would a nine-year-old man have a stroke? And he recovered from it and didn't really have any deficits. So that was good. And then not quite a year later, maybe uh, 10, 10 months later, 11 months later, he had another stroke. And then a couple, two weeks later, he had a stroke. And then about a month after that, he had a fourth stroke. And then a year after that, not quite a year, maybe another 10 or 11 months, he had a fifth stroke. And uh, I'm happy to report that he just turned 44. And he is healthy for right now. He does have a few deficits, but they're not anything that you would notice. I, I I know normal people would look at him and never assume that he had one, let alone five. But then I got to thinking, like the doctors found out that the reason he started having all these strokes was because the right side of his brain, the veins in his brain started narrowing and closing for no reason. And then it occurred to me, what if the squishing that I saw was his veins ah. narrowing? You know, like maybe that's what that meant. I still sense. don't know for sure, but that's my that's what I'm guessing. I feel like you probably are more capable than you realize because <laughs> no, because like I hear I hear the hesitancy where you're like, I could see this, but it could be this or I, I'm not like your your devil's advocating yourself. <laughs> I get that, dude. No, believe me. I get that because I tell Ben all the time. I feel schizophrenic like I don't, <laughs> I don't like I do, but like. No, I think that there's quite a bit that you're very capable. I could see you seeing that and being like, this is what's going to happen. Because a lot of what you were talking about where people visit you before something happens, I've had that. I had that right before my uh, right before my little brother passed away, like three or four months before my brother passed away. My best friend came to me and she had been passed for four-ish years is the math. I like, I, I round everything up to four, but it's like four, five, <laughs> or six. Everybody died four, five, and six years apart. But when Jade died and I was driving down the road and I was driving down, down here on Penny Royal, sure. I was driving into the sun and I, cause it was Not like, literally <laughs> it was clock, you know, where the sun sure. sets here and it's seven yeah. o'clock right in your eyes. And so, and that happened and I felt her, in the car seat next to me to the point where I was like, put your seatbelt on. <laughs> and oh, then wow. I'm in the car alone <laughs> and I was listening to, uh, Oh crap. What were those, that band called? It was like the, uh, not dropkick Murphy's. It was somebody else, but I was, so I was driving and I was listening to the song and she showed up and she was like, Hey, 
and I jumped and and I, I didn't even turn my head because I knew if I saw I would see her and I hadn't physically seen her in so long, but I knew I was going to see her. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she wow. was like, I tell you something. And I was like, is it my mom? And she said, no. And I said, then who is it? And she said, I can't tell you. I just can tell you it's not going to be good. And you need to be. Yeah. And then when my mom passed away, same experience, but it was probably three to six months sooner. And it was my brother. And he came to me and he was like, you need to be ready. And in my head, I'm going, fuck yeah, dad's going to (laughs) die. He's just such an asshole. I'm ready for him. Let's go. And he's like, no, I'm here for it. (laughs) And I'm I'm just here. He's like, this motherfucker drank one too many beers and drove one too many times and he is dead. And I'm like, you got it. Ben's going to be the guy that tells me and it's going to be him and I'm going to be fine. And everybody's going to think I'm a psychopath, but really peace with this relationship when I was so much younger and I've just been acting. So I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And he's like, it's not that it's not that. And I'm like, shut up. It's that it's that. Cause that's the only thing. Oh gosh. Yeah. Then my mom ended up dying and Ben is the person that told me my mom passed. So like I had that experience where you're like, somebody came to me and told me something was going to happen. They gave me a vision. I saw something very specific And then you're questioning everything about your life for six months and you think you're crazy and then something happens. I've had that that a couple of times. I think you need to start believing in what you can do. (laughs) I I know. Do you even, do you like do any incense or like crystals or anything? Well, actually I can't do any, any scented anything in the house anymore because of his strokes. He can't handle smells. (laughs) Sage is not a thing I can do, No, but (laughs) But I I do have, have crystal I have one on my neck right now oh, good you, go. That's, uh, you yeah. need to feel grounded because i think the thing is is those things give you kind of power but if you don't have them and it's very easy to go without because you're like mm, this is in my head i don't need this and yeah. then you know and i don't need but if you just give yourself that i think your stories the things that you feel like instead of being like i don't i feel like this is this you're gonna be like nope they were wearing this they smelled like this this is their first middle and last name this is their birth date and their death date like you're gonna do some creepy yeah. crap if, <laughs> if you just ground that energy somewhere it's gonna be insane i don't know how to you know how when you are getting things like that it's hard to turn your own so that you get truly what you're getting and you're not interpreting it. You know what I mean? You're not adding your own twist to it. That's why I worry I- that I'm accidentally going to interpret something wrong because I'm or predicting or whatever. I do that all sure. the time with myself, don't I? Yeah. I make Ben witness and I typically, I try to, he records sometimes and like, but I challenge myself. I try to like remember what it is that I have. And then I just take to Google like crazy <laughs> and I'll find it. Yeah, one night. I have found like three or four obituaries. Cause I'm like, Nope, I let go. And you know, like Jesus takes the wheel moment, like whatever mm-hmm. you're, I'm not really super Christian, but you know, if you let go, let God, let go, let whatever your God is take yeah. control for a minute and let your belief system. And if, as long as you feel safe and centered and like, no matter what's going to happen, you're going to come right back to who you are unchanged, totally safe. And everything about all of your connections are safe. And as long as you don't feel threatened, that's the thing about mm-hmm. all this is you shouldn't feel threatened. As long as you don't feel threatened in what you're doing and you can send your spirit out, it's going to come back to you with some intense and t- like I can, f- I keep, I kept signaling to Ben. I wanted to ask you about a ball. I didn't, I'm bouncing. Up uh, and down. I didn't know what you were doing. I was like, there's a ball. I want to ask her about the ball. There's a ball. I want to ask her about the ball. I don't know if the ball was at your grandparents' house or I don't know where the ball is. There's a ball. I want to, I want to talk about a ball. There's a ball. I want to talk about mm. a ball. Like a basketball? No, it's not a basketball. It's like a red. I don't know if it's a bouncy ball. It, I don't know if it can fit in there, the hand or hold, hold, hold up. There's a big red bouncy ball in that when I did childcare, I had a whole bunch of them and I just kept that one because my youngest likes to mess around with it. And he goes down there and bounce sometimes, you know, it's, it's in our inter- entertainment room in the basement. Yeah, big, big red bouncy ball. You said that's yeah. what I was saying. big red bouncy ball. And it's, so it doesn't fit in the palm of your hand, but the palms of your hands smack it. And the yeah. palms of your feel good when you smack yeah. it. That's yeah. what I can feel. That feels good. Huh. See, I, why am I getting this stuff? It's because I can feel it off of you. And if I can feel it off of you, you can feel some stuff off of me. Like, you know what I mean? It's magnetism. Stuff comes, yeah. you need to believe in it. I think you're very powerful. I think you're more powerful than you realize. 
Wow. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I've always known that this stuff is attracted to me. I live in a house that should not be haunted. I've always lived in houses other than my grandparents should not have been haunted, but I've never lived in a house that wasn't. Sure. Every right. house I've ever lived in has been haunted and active. Yep. And I, now it's not the house. It's me. Absolutely. I don't know if the energies are passing and they sense me and come to me or whatever. That's it. But no, it's like, you're kind of a magnet and they're kind of, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. there's something about you that they're like, Oh, this feels familiar. It's almost like when you're dialing a radio and you're wow. driving down the road and you're trying to get a good tune, that's how they exist. And so they're bouncing around to the different stations. And then you come in very loud and clear on an AM when they're looking <laughs> at it. And they're like, what's this? Let's check out this NPR shit. Like, let's talk. <laughs> we're gonna I have- love it. Yeah. It's like I love it. honest chats instead of just getting lost in the noise. And, yeah. and that's what it is. And like, uh, I don't know. It's just, there's more. It's like, I don't know. I can feel, I can just feel it very strongly. Sure. Like I was brought here because we both have a nanny, you know, and we talked about that. Like we, we you know, right. there's so much in common that we had. And that was the thing that I needed. Yeah, to I think that say. was spoken off air. So, it, oh, so those sorry. of you yes. don't know what we're talking about. Uh, was, when we were talking before we went live, yeah. somehow, you know, we have, we just, I don't know how it so, started. I, so <laughs> grandmas, Southern mammals are called nanny. And my, I, my, I had a great grandma that I called nanny and she lived in Kentucky and her nanny, that was not granny nanny. Sure. And that's yeah. actually, if you're in kind of Southern areas, that's what they call their elderly. So women. Cindy had her nanny. You have your mm-hmm. name and I've never heard anybody else call their grandmother's and nanny. And when we ever. talked about nanny, <laughs> we'd be around people that would be like, Oh, you're rich. No, we're dirt poor. I, don't yeah. have, I can't afford help. This is my great grandma. <laughs> no, that was a big yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, and just, mm, I don't know, there was just so much more to that. Like the ball came to me. Sure. There's a lot. And another thing, Cindy, too, you, I think we talked about on your show on true hauntings and scary stories. We talked about how you can do all of this stuff and your husband doesn't really believe in ghosts, right? He doesn't believe at all, but, (laughs) but I, I will say I've been married almost 24 years now. It'll be 24 years this year. And Um, he finally had an experience that he can't house a couple years back. He was, let's see, myself and two of my sons were in the living room on the first, the first floor of the house. Our house is a five level split. So we have two basements. So he, he went down to the first basement, like the upper one, that's the entertainment room or whatever. We're not rich, I promise. We just got a really good deal on this house. (laughs) Right? It's my fancy entertainment room. I don't know. So and anyway, he went down there to get something out of the room. And we were all on the first floor. We were not talking, but the kids were like looking at their phones or whatever. I don't know what they were doing. And I was in the kitchen. And he came busting upstairs. This, you know, I don't believe in anything ever, dude comes busting upstairs and he's like, where's our middle son? You know, we'll call him D where's D. And I'm like, he's there on the couch. And he's like, was he just talking? And I said, no, no, he wasn't. And, um, and he goes, well, I just heard him like right behind my head say I'm right here. Like his voice say, I'm right here, right behind my husband's ear. And he spun around and nobody was there. And he freaked out and ran upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm so excited right now. Finally, Normal people would be like, oh no, my house is haunted. I'm like, yes. (laughs) We used to fight about it. Remember? Like the way that I interacted with things and the way that you saw things wasn't always on Mm -hmm. the same page. And I think one of the most validating experiences that I had with that was when we didn't see eye to eye and then we got a flat tire. Yeah, we were in, we were in downtown Philadelphia. We were coming back from a concert like 1 a.m. And like a Temple of the Dog concert with Chris Cornell singing. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's not a big it's a it's a fucking big deal. But anyway, after just seeing Chris Cornell play as a front man for Temple of the Dog for the first time in 25 years. This continue. is before he died, by the way. He wasn't a ghost. He was, no, it wasn't a ghost. This is not- <laughs> Yeah, so we were just arguing about ghosts. I don't even know why. We were arguing well, about ghosts. Yeah, it was like because what I could see versus what you had experienced at that time, you didn't have this like you were formulating 
kind sure. of where you and were then mid argument we just hit it like we just got a hot tire, tire pops. downtown philadelphia at one a.m i was like oh we're gonna die now yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> and i was like it's because i'm trying to explain this and you're feeling this and that we're not seeing the same thing and we got a flat tire because of it that happens wow. yeah yeah this stuff's real. So does your husband believe now is the question? Because, yeah, because Ben does. No. <laughs> no. no. He, he, he all to say is I can't explain what happened, but he will not say that it's paranormal. And he teases me like, how come everything's a ghost, Cindy? Why is everything got to be a ghost or whatever? Yeah. Like, okay. In fact, funny, funny story. So when we first got married, I was 19 and he had just turned 20. We got married real young. Should not have done that in hindsight. Kids don't get married yet, but um, <laughs> we did. And so um, his first birthday that he had after we got married, it was like eight months after we got married. I decided I'm going to convince him that ghosts are real, that, that paranormal, right? So we lived in St. Augustine. So I found one of the most haunted bed and breakfast in St. Augustine. <laughs> and then I did room in the haunted bed and breakfast Nice. and I booked it for his birthday. Uh, and I told him like, it was this nice thing that I did for his birthday, but he didn't know it was crazy haunted and that I had an ulterior motive. Okay. So <laughs> we go there and beautiful. I very much recommend this inn. It's called the St. Francis Inn. If you're Ooh. ever in St. Augustine, that place is beautiful. They're super nice there. They talk about their ghosts freely. They embrace it, which I love. Yeah. And we, it was Lily's room. And Lily was a, a servant, a slave that, that died there. So um, she was in love with a, a soul with, and it was like a whole thing. And she was, I think she either committed suicide or she hanged, she, somebody hanged her or something very, very dramatic. It's all on their website. Anyway, so we stay in Lily's room. It's beautiful. Well, it happened to be a Monday night and my husband is, was in wrestling time. So I fell asleep while he was watching wrestling. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you very romantic, very romantic. We were. So, <laughs> Middle of the night. So they had some ghost stories. So what they told me was that the ghost likes women's makeup purses and stuff. So I took all my makeup and I put it in a Ziploc bag on the other side of the room on a chair. And I was just hoping that something would happen to it or whatever. Sure. So middle of the night, we're sleeping. And I like to have my covers up by my neck, you know, all snuggled in. And I was laying on my back at the time, but normally I'm on my side. So I, I was back and I, what I think happened and I'm probably just double second guessing myself. What I'm pretty sure happened is that the covers started being pulled off of me. So Oof. it caused me to stir. I didn't realize what was happening at the time sleep. So I stirred and I pulled the covers back up and turned onto my side. Well, just a moment or two after that, I felt this really hard, forceful slap on the back of my neck. Like Jesus. somebody would popped me in the neck, like wake up, you know? So I instantly am fully awake <laughs> and I'm laying there on my back with the covers up, freaking out, you know, looking around. And I realized that there's this weird noise, like a really soft rustling noise. So I kind of peek up over the bed and I can see that that Ziploc bag, clear Ziploc bag of makeup is moving on the chair. Like somebody is shifting the makeup inside and it's making a little rustling noise. And so I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> so I mean, I'm getting what I wanted, I guess. So I'm laying there. My husband is a hard sleeper. So I just laid there for a little while. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I fell asleep without peeing. Now I have to pee. Oh. <laughs> what am I going to do? So yes. they had told me that a cleaning lady had gotten trapped in that bathroom for three hours. And that bathroom door has no lock. The door just slammed closed while she was in there working and it, they couldn't open it for three hours. Wow. So I've got that in my head, that <laughs> lovely little treasure. Sure. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm like trying to wake him up and he's not waking up. So I get him awake just enough so that he turns on the light, like a dimmer light. So, but then he's on again. He's so. on again. 
<laughs> so I creep out of bed and they have this really heavy chair beside the, the bed and the bathroom door. So I <laughs> opened the bathroom door and I like propped it up open with the chair. Like I moved the chair in front of it and I was like, that's pretty sturdy. I should be okay. Kid you not. I was in running stance hovering over that toilet. <laughs> I swear if I'd heard a single pin drop, I'd have peed all over the place. Like I would have just tailed it. <laughs> yes. I was prepared for whatever I had to do. So nothing happened. I peed and got back in bed and um, sorry, that was so graphic, but Hey, <laughs> happened. The story. So yeah, so I get I creep back in bed and basically I just laid there. That was like two, probably two thirty or three when all that stuff went down. So I really just laid there the whole rest of the night and listened to my makeup bag shift every now and then. And yeah, and he experienced nothing. Of course, I told you this stuff always comes to me. I don't know what I was thinking. So then I tell the people that own the place, I tell them the next day what happened to me. And the lady goes, oh, honey, that ghost only haunts women. (laughs) Defeats the purpose of what I was trying to do. (laughs) That's awesome. That sounds terrifying, though. To watch a bag like that move across, nah, I would run. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. True story. Really happened. (laughs) I, I like it. That was an awesome story. And again, I really appreciate you hanging out tonight on, on the paranormal activities. Great time as always. Uh, I guess this is the first time. Pleasure. Pleasure. Always <laughs> <hanging out. laughs> and uh, one more time, let's tell all of our fans, your show's name, your social media handles and where we can find you. Sure. Um, True hauntings and scary stories is my podcast. It's on all the major podcast apps. Get to my Facebook and uh, Twitter. I think Uh, Twitter I'm at true hauntings, but with a Z at the end. Nice. And uh, because the other one was taken, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? So (laughs) um, true hauntings.com though has links for all that stuff. And uh, you can get pretty much wherever you want to go there. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. It was a great time as I loved hearing those stories. And I think that that Florida home is going to probably be, probably be my nightmares later. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for hanging out with hanging out with us tonight. And until next time. All right, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Paranormal Activities. Hope you all enjoyed it. Huge thank you again to my wife, Danae, for joining this episode. And a huge thank you to Cynthia Sear from the True Hauntings and Scary Stories podcast. Be sure to go over to TrueHauntings.com, check out all of her material, and listen to her podcast, True Hauntings and Scary Stories, at any platform, wherever you get your shows, wherever you get your podcasts, they're all there. And uh, that's going to be it. Be sure, if you do have any stories, send them my way. If you want to be on my show, you can email me at ParanormalAxePodcast at gmail.com, and find me on Facebook and Twitter. So that's it, and let's just all continue to learn about the paranormal together. Paranormal.